Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's time for Grappy Hour. We got our drinks. We got ourselves. We got our our nice little conversation hour. I'm sorry we didn't do this on Monday. We decided we push it a day. Life gets in the way. We get busy. We do our things. And then I said to Lily, hey, let's just do it on Tuesday. People like Tuesdays at 5 p.m. You can still have a drink on a Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, right? You can drink anytime. And um I'm going to preface this. I was going to drink a Shirley Temple today because of CM Punk's incredible uh, tweet at Eddie Kingston. Um, but I'm very tired. So I'm just drinking some Pepsi also, which <laughs> relates to CM Punk. Hey, welcome to the club. It's the Diet Pepsi clan here. We're all about the CM Punk today. Wonderful shows. We had a great AW revolution. I'm sure we're going to get into that very shortly. Uh, we'll talk about Impact. We'll talk about uh, that show that they did on Saturday night sacrifice, uh, which was actually a really good show. It was a fun from what show. I saw. We'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. And also uh, you've been, you've been hitting the mat again. So we're going to, we're going to talk about your wrestling training. Uh, and until we, we get to that point, I'll remind y'all to drop a thumbs up here on this video at Fightful Overbooked. If you haven't yet, you should probably subscribe to us because we're pretty all right. We drop content every single day on the channel and uh, you can leave a comment. If you're in our chat room, welcome. Come and engage with us. We're always here. We're always talking. We're always getting comments up on the screen. If you want to prioritize your comment above everyone else's and you want to support us as well, you can send us a super chat. That's a little hey. dollar sign. The dollar sign underneath the chat window gets your chat pulled up on the uh, on the screen and we make it a priority and we chat with y'all and it helps you it, it helps support us here on fightful overbooked as well we're self-supported and self-sufficient so your your donations help us get a little bit more uh into our programming and into the what the stuff that we do humper chats as well humperchats.com that is the paypal this wig is lives. funded by humper chats no there not. you go go it's to humperchats.com fund the wig hashtag fund the wig all right the wiggetry of it all where do you want to start? How was your weekend? How are you feeling? I'm in a lot of pain from training and very tired, but also very um, happy that, you know, the snow is melting in Toronto. There's a lot of events that are starting up again in the wrestling world and the non-wrestling world. People are in a better mood. So 
I'm great. What about what about yourself? I'm feeling good. It was uh, Sunday was a beautiful day. It hasn't been that way in a little bit while in a little bit of time. And we got to a long bit of time, a long bit of time. It's true. It was a cold ass winter. We, uh, we got pretty warm on Sunday, unseasonably. So, so once I finished the podcast here, I do Tim and Joel pod Sundays at noon. When we finished, I said to Tim, I'm going outside. I'm not coming back until touch grass. Yeah. I was, uh, I was like, I'm going to touch grass, go for a long walk, enjoy my day. And I did. And and it, it was revitalizing. I think that's one thing that as we come out of winter that I'm looking forward to is just being able to like spend time outdoors and be able to like live a life that's not online. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Well, that's one thing. And I don't know where you're watching from today, but I mean, a lot of people might not be able to relate to the brutality of the Canadian winters here. I mean, yes, it's cold, but it's really bad on your mental health too. Like the sun goes down early, it comes up really late and uh, everyone's just in a better mood these past couple of weeks, um, despite everything going on in the world, just because the weather, like without even getting into anything, like people are just happy to be outside again. So I totally agree. We're also getting closer to uh, daylight savings time, for better or worse. At least we know that the sun will start coming up a little bit earlier. Daylight savings is a scam. It is. And regardless of how you feel, it's still a thing. And it's still going to be longer days, longer days with sunlight. I'll take that. I was up super early today because like, I, and I was super uh, tripped out. I didn't know what time it was just because the sun is uh, doing its thing a little bit earlier. And um, I looked at the clock and was like, holy shit, it's so early. And I um, just dragged my ass out of bed to go to the gym because usually I uh, am very lazy in the morning. And this morning I was like, don't do it. Don't go back to bed. Don't pet the dog in bed for an hour. <laughs> I... I was a mess on Monday morning. Yeah, you go hard. Yeah, so so we we watched the pay-per-view. We watched Revolution Live. We did the watch-along. Thank you for those who hung out with us. Uh, we, we, we're we going to move them from Twitch to Overbooked. That's what we started now. Hopefully, our friends and our pals come along, not only on screen, but also in the chat room. But uh, we did that. And then afterwards, I was covering the scrums with Tony Khan. Which were incredible. Khan. They were really good. Punk was there. Adam Page was there. Uh, who else was there? Um Oh my Jungle god. Boy? Oh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Boy did it. Mm-hmm. Uh it was good. It was just a really good scrum. It didn't Leva Bates was there. <laughs> Leva Bates is always there. Uh it, it was a, a good scrum. A lot of really interesting stuff came out of it. And listen, I mean the scrum ended at 2:30 in the morning. It was a late show. Uh that's all the that's always the AEW way though. It's always a, a little bit of uh crazy. When does WWE usually wrap up? Like they're your bigger events. Uh Sorry. WWE events usually go about three hours. Okay. And this was closer to five. We listen, listen, let's be, let's be frank. WWE pay-per-views run once a month, right? AW pay-per-views run every quarter. So four times a year, maybe, maybe they'll add a fifth either way. It's a lot. Yeah. And those pay-per-views get really long. And I understand it. Like, we all get a little bit burnt out from that. Mm-hmm. But my God, I felt burnt out after Revolution. By the time it was uh, the Adam show, I was, like, zonked. Yeah, I, I was getting there, too. And I don't know yeah. how the chat felt about it. I'm, I'm sure there are going to be people who are like, it's totally fine. I can always deal with that. And I get it. Like, it's a good show. They they make it so that everything moves quickly. There's a pace to an AEW show, pay-per-view mm-hmm. or TV or otherwise, that, like, it works for a lot of people. But when we start getting into a five-hour show, sometimes I'm, like, towards the end of it. I'm like, I'm going to 
I'm going to watch it, but I know I'm going to have to go back and watch it again to see stuff that maybe I missed or that I wasn't super into because I was tired at the time. Maybe I was like JR when we got to the, to the main event match and I started getting all cranky pants, you know, <laughs> other than that. Yeah. I saw people were like, go to bed. And I was like, dude, he's, he's been through hell and back. Like, of course he's a little bit out of it. So, Oh, the dog's back. Play. Cooper might make a cameo soon. Hello. I'm all for Cooper cameos. Dogs, dogs in the chat always win. Come. We're bringing dogs oh, he, back. He ran away. He doesn't want to come. He oh doesn't like fightful overbooked. I don't know why. He wants to be on the main channel. He thinks he's going to yeah, get Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, wants, he only wants to be with that. Denise and Sean and all the cool kids. Exactly. He wants to He wants to be with Buster and uh, Kate's dog. But anyway. And by the way, I got to yeah. shout out Reg for making CM Punk cry with that question. I mean, I know yes. he was having an emotional day before and it probably wasn't only just because of him, but that question like it it got me man like when you just kind of put it into context of his career especially after the esquire uh, article dropped um like what a full circle moment like holy shit and uh i know denise got a lot of juice out of tony about uh roh and bookings and stuff too so that's awesome so since we last spoke tony khan announced that he has acquired ring of honor mm -hmm. it's, his, it's his show now he told Denise, like you said at the scrum, he told Denise and, and everyone there that uh, he's he's going to be the booker for all intents and purposes. And what are you thinking? Like, what what do you want to see from a reimagined Ring of Honor that is potentially in, not, I don't want to see in cahoots, but like working in tandem with AEW? What would you see? What would you like to see? Well, <clears throat> I, I watched a lot of the pressers and essentially now there's going to be two rosters, right? And especially now that you have Regal entering the chat, which is also crazy. I don't know what his involvement is going to be, um, splitting his time and involvement between ROH and uh, AEW. Um, I don't really care what happens. I think it, it's it's an amazing win either way for both companies together and separately. You can build bridges from other promotions, Forbidden Door, blah, 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 all types of like surprise crossovers, blah, blah, blah. Um and I forgot where I was going with this. Oh my god, what was the what were we uh, starting about again? We're talking about Ring of Honor and potential oh, for, for what, I, what I'm worried about. What I'm actually worried about, and it's the only thing I'm worried about, is Tony Khan's already like really exhausted, and what I think is like a little bit burnt out and running the wheels a little bit thin. So adding in this whole other product, even if it isn't like you know the same type of programming, I'm worried. How are you going to maintain that? Like, who else are you going to bring in to just like ensure that? you know, everything goes right. Like I know that obviously all these ROH OGs want to be involved in some capacity other than just being in the ring. But um, I am a little bit concerned just about, um, I guess, the quality of the product um, with TK just being involved in so much. Like how is he going to do it essentially, I guess is my question. How is he going to pull it off? What are we going to get? Like, are we going to get, you know, one night of programming a week? Are we gonna just going to get PPVs once in a while? Are we going to get a whole new streaming platform? Like anything can happen at this point. That's a good point. And you know, I, I think I share the sentiment that he's he's got a lot on his plate. We, mm -hmm. we kind of have to trust that whatever he's doing, he will he could take he could take a a, a top level uh booker type of thing where he has people underneath him who kind of give him, you know, the 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 general skeleton of what they're doing, have Tony color it in and make it, you know, make it his vision, whatever that may be. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, he's got another program to run and it's the main program that, you know, AEW is definitely the baby he needs to run. Um, and it's not gonna, it's not disparaging at all. I think it's quite honest criticism for anybody or, or not even criticism, but just expectations. And we hope that he doesn't, uh, 
you know, burn out doing it. He does have a lot of people there. He has a lot of a lot yeah. of wrestlers. A lot it's not of just him sitting in a room alone, like being yeah. like, this is my <laughs> Could company. Do you imagine? It's literally just him sitting like, ah, Like the John McAfee interview, <laughs> but just him. Yeah, it's just uh, all of this is mine. But it's it's interesting to note that he has plans to basically run both teams, yeah. run both AEW and Ring of Honor. And that could be good. It's good for cohesiveness. Uh, but like you said, there is potential for burnout. So it is mm-hmm. about the teams that he puts together to 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 run these day-to-day shows, which he has mm-hmm. that already with AEW. He does. It becomes creative burnout. I think that's the big question. And talent burnout too, right? Like you don't know what the expectations are going to be um, on the talent themselves for contracts, what um, what they're going to be expected to do outside of the ring as well. Like, um, you know, even when you're in an, a smaller promotion, you have a lot of obligations to do promotions for products and companies and maybe doing like school, like stuff for schools and charity and stuff. So um, there's a lot of things going on. And like as AEW continues to grow, and obviously this has probably been one of their bigger years so far um, in terms of everything that's kind of coming together. Um, There's a lot of shit going on. And I just, I just um, hope that on an executive level, that evolution continues because, you know, the women's roster is now beefed up. That's really strong. All these plot lines are starting to get fleshed out and we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I mean, it's, it's a huge fucking roster. Like I was actually just looking through it the other day and like, it took me like a minute to get through everyone. And, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I think a lot of people shit on that. And I think that's like a really weird complaint. I just, um, I just worry about like some people getting left in the sidelines and you're kind of already seeing that. Um, and obviously some people are, are better suited for your PPVs and your like main shows. Um, but man, I hope that they just hire some awesome people and continue to like get these people like Regal involved that really know the business um, because it does seem like at the end of the day, um, AEW, uh, does treat their staff a lot better than not even just WWE, like all other types of sports. Like, you know, people can shit on Vince and WWE all they want, but they're not the only athletes getting treated horribly and not getting paid right. You know, you, yeah. you could say the same thing about the NBA, the NFL, so on and so forth. So I, I think you, you bring up the right point when, when you come to depth of talent, and we know that AEW, the, the common consensus has always been, oh, they can't hire everybody. Well, now that you have an entirely separate company to run, guess what? Suddenly your depth of talent is, be you're able to spread it out a little differently and maybe show the expectations of talent. You start in one place, you treat Ring of Honor as a developing developmental territory, as mm-hmm. it were. And guess what? You do well there. You get moved up to places like Dark, Dark Elevation. It's mm-hmm. it is a multi-tiered system. And I think that the that is honestly, that was what Triple H wanted out of NXT. And that's what they mm-hmm. expected to do with NXT as a developmental territory. Did it turn out that way? No, clearly Ew. not. And now and now we have 2.0 the way that it is. And it up and I would argue that it operates better for the WWE system. Mm-hmm. at least right now we don't know how it's going to turn out long term but the point is the way that they're turning out nxt 2.0 talent versus or telling nxt 2.0 stories versus what they were doing before and then moving them to main roster wasn't working but if you i'm very that, interested in british nxt sorry oh i we'll get there we can get there in a second but mm-hmm. what, I'm, what i'm trying to say is if you take the nxt original the black and gold model the triple h model and you mm-hmm. apply it to what aew's vision of professional wrestling is then it works. And that's very much what 
Tony and others can do in order to create a, a roster that has depth and also mm -hmm. has proper movement through your tier of rosters. And there's so much fan service already going on too um, with both those promotions, you know, um, there's so many different styles of wrestling in every promotion and every promotion kind of has their own, let's say product or style of how they deliver wrestling, right? You know, Choco yeah. Pro is a little bit different than WWE, which is a little bit different than GCW, yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, the man in charge, Mr. Tony Khan, he, he loves wrestling. And you can tell that by the way that he books, even by the mistakes he makes. No one's perfect. AEW certainly isn't perfect. And they've made horrible, horrible decisions and horrible, horrible bookings. But the way that they bounce back from that and the way that they kind of deal with that is a lot different than a lot of other sports promotions, not even just in wrestling, but in sports. And that is very, very cool, I think. So if I was, you know, a younger talent who really wanted to be a full-time wrestler, I'd be like, shit, this is kind of the guy I want to work for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So talking about you, because you mentioned NXT UK and um, we can divert here and then I'm sure we can go back to, to Revolution, talk about the actual show itself. So with NXT UK, I continue to kind of beat this drum that it's a good show. Like, Why is no one else watching it? Well, because nobody, first of all, nobody knows where to find it. It's the Ring of Honor mm. problem. It's on Peacock. It's on WWE Network, whatever, wherever you find it, it's there. Um, and also the, the stars are not international stars. The show is on like Thursday afternoon if you're in these on the East Coast. So for, there's just this, this loss here. Like it's on 8 p.m. It's on primetime, quote unquote, if you're living in Britland. But otherwise, it's just kind of there. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I just, I want, I, I would love to see more eyes on NXT UK. It's on BT Sport. I see that in the chat, which is great. Uh, and so clearly it's, it's very much for the European. It's for the Brits. Uh, but for North Americans, they're not necessarily getting their eyes on a product that's pretty cohesive. And Eve, too. Like, everyone in the chat, everyone watching, if you have not checked out Eve Wrestling on YouTube yes. especially, please do that. Because you will see everyone who's in AEW and WWE and GCW doing their damn thing. And some of those matches, like, it's insane. I mean, you got... Um, you got Britt Baker in there. You got uh, Charlie from GCW. You got uh, Dewdrop. You got tons of amazing women um, that just kick fucking ass and yeah. uh, do incredible spots in the most grimy kind of like punk metal venues um, in the UK. It's really cool. Yeah, I've watched uh, Eve has a lot of free streams from their YouTube channel. If mm -hmm. you check them out, uh, Pro Wrestling Eve, I think is their their handle. They're really cool. It is it's grimy, so don't expect anything like super polished. high definition or polished. Yeah. But you get to see good wrestling. You get to see mm -hmm. a pretty pretty solid all women's card. Uh, they just had one this past weekend too, and it was a pretty good show. There was some good stuff there. Go check it out if you have a second. Pro Wrestling Eve, they're good. Let's talk about Revolution. Did you have like? a match that immediately jumped out at you as your favorite from the night? Oh my God, Jericho and Eddie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Out of, out of, I'm, just, I'm just shocked because like out of every other match, that's the one that you're picking. And it's not a bad thing. I'm asking what brings um, you. I would, I would say my two would definitely be, yeah, Eddie taking the win and the dog collar match. Like those were definitely my standouts for sure. Um, I think everyone also got like super butthurt over Rosa and like the responses on Twitter were like, I can't believe this. And I did not expect it, but I totally could believe it because they're first of all, Thunder Rosa is allegedly injured. Second of oh, all, she denied it. I said, allegedly, she did a fine for select. She denied it. Um, 
<laughs> Go ahead. She also is about to have the anniversary of the Lights Out match in San Antonio. Yep. With Britt, probably, and probably in a steel cage so that the goon squad can't interfere. I know that a lot of people are complaining, oh, all this interference, all this interference. That's part of the game, baby. That's part of the game. And I thought, you know, Jamie Hayter and Rebel, who looked absolutely amazing, as always, but, like, especially amazing that night. Um, I mean, everyone did, but especially Rebel. Um, They killed it. And it's part of the story. I mean, um, another aspect of this whole Brit Thunder uh, saga, which has been going on for over a year now at this point, is that I don't think it's really been showcased well. Like, if you didn't see the no DQ match, you kind of didn't like know kind of what was going on between those two. Um, and as much as I love Britt Baker, I mean, I've worn her merch on the show. I think she's a badass. I hope to, you know, shake her hand or like get shot by her one day at a meet and greet or something. Um, she's tired. She, she's been running the cycle for a long time. And um, I think that she deserves a little bit of time off and some rest Um, And it kind of makes sense, you know, to drag this out as long as possible, then drop it in Thunder's hometown, especially with the new belt that they just designed. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. So I was on Wrestling Observer Live with Andrew Zarian on Sunday previewing the card. And the first thing I said to him when we got to the match, the the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match, I said, I don't think we're going to see a a title swap. No. and, And I just like what you said. It's going to be, you know, and we saw a play out as well. It, there's going to be distractions. It's going to be Britt Baker gets mm-hmm. away. She sneaks out with the title and that's what we did. And then they're going to get us two weeks away because they're only, they, at the time, they were 10 days from going to San, to San Antonio mm-hmm. and doing St. Patrick's Day Slam. And everyone knows the history a year ago, blah, 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 everything you just said. There's, there's more story to tell in having the match or having the storyline kind of conclude or at least hit its like, newest end of chapter in san antonio there was more story to be told there and, and hopefully have- we get mercedes out of this too with um jamie hater and i think that's another thing is that the mercedes martinez acquisition and bringing her in that almost um it brought the story down a little bit because mm-hmm. it threw a weird wrench in there where they brought her in as a heel to do the jade cargill winning the tbs title move because it was T- it was uh jade versus thunder rosa Mm-hmm. And then what did they do? They it was Britt Baker. I bought I brought her in, I paid for it, and smart Mark Sterling gave the money, blah blah blah. It was like this big kind of convoluted story. And yeah. then they turned Mercedes Martinez like two weeks in, three weeks in. And I think this isn't a slight on on Mercedes at all. I think it was just the storytelling. They got lost within it a little bit, and as a mm. result, they kind of have to correct course. Mercedes didn't get involved at the pay-per-view, which would have been a way for her to kind of get some revenge. Or not some revenge, but at least even out the odds a little bit against uh, Britt Baker and and help her friend Thunder Rosa in this case. But no, we we got to do it differently, and we'll do the match on Wednesday with Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa, and that'll be a good match. I don't love that Layla Hirsch wins a big match and then has to lose immediately the next week, but whatever. Um, and then we'll get to St. Patrick's Day Slam, or they're going to swerve us completely, and it's going to be Layla Hirsch versus Britt Baker in in San Antonio. That would be weird. I, and, and and like, as you were saying all this out loud, like you just have so much going on with this plot line. None of it's very good. None of it's very bad. But to me, it kind of reminds me of like when you have the per- like the most perfect cocktail and you're like, I'm just going to add one little bit of one little ingredient in and it totally fucks it up. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, it doesn't make it like undrinkable. You're just like, ooh, this drink is weird. Like, I don't know if I like this or not. And that's kind of exactly 
how I feel with that whole thing. And, and I love Brit. Like I genuinely love her and like what she's done for the sport and yada, yada, yada. But like, she's got to drop that belt, man. And I, at this point, if it's not Thunder, so be it. Cause Thunder is going to continue to do awesome shit in like a million promotions until she's probably like 80 years old. So we're good, but oh, come on, just please, please in San Antonio. And I would love to see a cage match with uh, all the goons locked out and they're trying to throw shit over the top of the cage and they can't. And then Britt just gets pummeled in like six or seven minutes or something. Yeah. And we can get there. And yeah. I think you're right. It, it's, it, it's time to refresh Britt Baker. And that's, again, we're not giving a slight. It's more what we're, no, we can no work with something different yeah. by having her drop the title and have to fight her way back into mm-hmm. getting a match with whoever the champion is. A In fake injury case, would be awesome. Maybe she like breaks was, her yeah. arm or her leg again. That would be awesome if she was back in the wheelchair and Thunder's like, I put you in the wheelchair again, bitch. What are you going to do now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that would work. It would be it would be mm-hmm. a different a different uh, line to the story. And and for that, I want to see Burt Baker drop that title, have Thunder Rosa carry it for a bit. I'm sure the fans will love to see it because Thunder Rosa is very much popular with the audience, and I understand why. Think? Yeah, exactly. So so that's how I felt. And and I think you and I are kind of on the same page when it comes to that match. It was uh it was good. It was overbooked, which you know that works perfectly for where we are. Uh, but overall, I mean, just. It was a beaten a story and it felt like revolution wasn't, it didn't finish a, everyone's storylines, which I appreciated. It actually moved stuff along. And so we mm-hmm. talked about, you started talking about Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Well, first of all, we, we, I want to get your thoughts on the match, but first, why you well, drop a guy in his head the first five seconds of the match? Pardon me? <laughs> How can you drop a guy in his head the first five seconds? Did you seconds see it? Well, match? he broke his orbital bone, I think. I'm pretty sure. Did he actually? Or are you just mm-hmm. saying you think it happened? Um, uh, if you go on his Instagram right now, he posted a video and like I've seen broken orbital oh. bones and he's done it before. He definitely uh it's it's all it's yes, all so. fucked up. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't see that. So Jericho, first of all, looked great considering that he was like so puffy and like looking like a drunk dad for so so long. And I'm not gonna sit here and shit on Jericho because you know, as much as he has spicy political opinions or has done weird shit, it's it's Chris fucking Jericho. He's he's a legend and what he's done in so many promotions is incredible and what he's done with Eddie is put him over. And that's what I wanted to see. And I think that's what a lot of fans were hoping they would see and didn't expect to see that night. And we did. And um, Eddie Kingston is such a, a nerd about uh, Japanese wrestling matches. All he does on Twitter (laughs) is repost uh, Japanese matches from like every decade. Um, And I dead ass think that he was like backstage and was like Jericho. Let's do a fucking like New Japan program. And they did. And, you know, it wasn't technical. It wasn't crazy. But the story they told and the emotion that was leading up to it and the win for like Eddie is is just so important. Like it's just so important to tell a story about like the underdog, the person who isn't like really fitting in, the freak, the weirdo. You know what I mean? That was me. That, That still is me. So like I cried, like I dead ass cried when I saw that. And like, even thinking about that, it's so emotional. And that's one of the first times in wrestling recently where I've like been like, holy fucking shit. Part of my French. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, no, it was emotional for a lot of people. I understand it. I, uh, I think a lot of people, and this is coming for me. So this is rich. Uh, I think we need to give Jericho a little bit more respect when it comes to um, his experience. The reason being, I think we were very quick to judge Chris Jericho's 
recent work and recent opinions. But if we take into account the fact that he's been to Japan, he's been to Mexico, he is a fan of Japanese wrestling, he is a fan of Lucha Libre, he did not just come into the business yesterday and figure it out. It's years of grinding. It is years of work for him. So when you say, you know, Eddie approaches, let's say just hypothetically, Eddie Kingston approaches Chris Jericho and says, I want to do a New Japan style match or, or an All Japan style match. And Chris Jericho says, yes, absolutely. Because Chris Jericho understands not only the importance of that to Eddie Kingston, but he understands what a match like that means and how the story can be told through those means. And I think that's most important for us to understand when it comes to, to Chris Jericho as a wrestler. And again, Rich coming for me because I will make fun of Chris Jericho probably twice a week and three times on Sunday. But I do it with, with knowing the respect uh, for Chris Jericho. And you can still take the piss out of someone while still respecting oh, yeah. everything that they've done. You know, I can say the same thing about tons of like artists from all different types of art that I like, you know what I mean? And right now, like Jericho isn't in this for the long run, boys and girls, if you haven't already realized, like he's not going to be wrestling for very much longer. So for him to continue to kind of do these types of things on his way out the door, that's some classy shit, man. That's some really classy shit. So now the question becomes, what do we do next with Eddie and with Chris Jericho? That and was I my question. A, so I have a theory. I really do think we're going to see Jericho and Adam Page at Double or Nothing. You, you're calling back to their first match for the AEW Championship. Okay. So where do you see that going, though? I see Adam Page beating Chris Jericho and okay. proving that he is a, that he is a much different man than he was in 2019 when he fought oh. for that title. I like that, but to, but then that would kind of make the story like Jericho is this legend who now is not, and he's now being broken by this new generation, and he kind of gets like beat out of AEW by submission. Like I don't know. No, it, don't he's know. still he's gonna win a bunch because they've got until May to tell the story. They've got over True. a month to tell it. He can beat a bunch of people. He can absolutely just, just please don't bring back the pain maker. Holy love of God. Don't you do know it. he will for one match because no. his NFT has to get sold. But, but the idea, yeah, he still needs to shake Eddie's hand. I see that in the chat and that's another thing they can do a rematch or at least I also saw a comment about this. You don't drink out of Mason jars where you're from. <laughs> and with Jericho, if it's Jericho and, and, and uh, hangman, I just think there's a good story to tell. And again, at not every single match, needs to be like this super hardcore banger. Jericho brings a lot to the table when it comes to uh, his presence and it comes to his uh, popularity when it, when we're talking about wrestlers. So for He's not Hangman, a safe worker though. Holy shit. Uh, he, he can be. Just sometimes he gets all... He, he, sometimes he forgets. Is really what it comes down to. You have an off night. But yeah, I, there are a lot of places for that to go. It could be Punk. It could be Paige. Oh, sorry. Could, uh, sorry. It could be Punk facing Paige. It could be chris jericho uh probably not eddie kingston to be honest i don't think that's that's the main event people want no. would want to see as much uh but i i just i can't help but think that it's going to be chris jericho and hangman um and, and i was actually going to talk about that with the whole eddie thing too right it's like so what are you going to do what's the plan i think that um part of eddie's story is you know that he thinks that wrestling is real yeah you know what i mean so for him to get this win just adds this like, I don't know, it's kind of like in a Marvel movie, which I don't watch, so I'm going to sound like an idiot, but <laughs> when Thor gets his hammer or when Spider-Man puts on the suit or when the Catwoman puts on her cat suit, like 
then you're really yourself. And that's kind of what it feels like happened to Eddie Kingston with this win. It was very vindicating. It was, there was a lot of things going on there. Yeah. And and then you're right. You do have to capitalize on Eddie's victory and what that means. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I see that some of the chat is being like, I don't want to see Jericho. So here's my question to the chat. And I'm I'm not necessarily going to go too far into this, but think about this. Are you sick of seeing Chris Jericho on TV or are you sick of Chris Jericho, the character being on TV and just like, are, are you, are you sick of Chris Jericho? the or, character? Or are you sick of Chris Jericho, the human? Or are you getting worked by like weird dirt sheet articles and stuff? Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Is it Chris Jericho, the character that makes you want him off TV or is it Chris Jericho, the human? Like, are you going to actively root against AEW for putting on hangman versus Jericho? Or are you going to actively be, are you going to be actively angry at Chris Jericho getting a title shot against Hangman Adam Page. He'll be angry no matter what, Joel. Cheer Hang- That's true. Are you going to cheer Hangman or are you going to are you going to be upset with AEW? And I see both. I can- fine. Like, I know that no one in this chat is going to have the right answer because wrestling is subjective. But I ask the question because sometimes it really is a check to see: Are we upset with Jericho the human or Jericho the character? Or maybe you need to think for yourself: Which one is the it? line is very blurred too, though, right? Like yeah, where course. where is that line with Jericho, especially when you've had that career that long, when you've done all these like things in the media and things in in the news where you can't really tell what to shoot and what to work and well you know what i mean it, it it's it's hard to separate the art from the artist sometimes and i think that you know jericho is an idiot boomer with a lot of things and he should shut up about a lot of things same with people like dan lambert like you really need like like shut up like you sound like you know a conservative dad like and we've um, talked about dan lambert and we've talked about this show. But yeah. there's also a reason why they're there too, right? And there's a reason why they're pissing you off. There's a reason why they're acting that way. There's a reason why they're trademarking the influencer and all this bullshit. It's to get you the, talking. The sports entertainer, Chris Jericho, that would piss the hell out of me watching as a, as, a, as an AEW fan. Yeah. And I could be like, and I am both. I really do think that I'm not, I'm, I'm a fan of all of most wrestling. But like I, I'm a WWE fan and I'm also an AEW fan. I temper my expectations differently depending on the program. I'm a WWF I, fan. Fair, that's fair. I, as an as an AEW fan and someone who sees their product as the pro wrestling variant, if Jericho's going to come in and say I'm a sports entertainer, I did all this time in WWE, da 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 da, da I'm going to be like this motherfucker. That's what he and wants, I'm, though. That's what he wants, and I'm going to yeah. be I'm going to be pissed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. At the character, and I'm gonna want to see Hangman Adam Page. Beat He's a shit poster ass. in real life. That's it. That's what it is. I don't yeah. want GFY. GFY, I think, is dumb. That's oh, just doesn't need to be there. But uh, that that's my we won't even get into that. Yeah, a little bit boomery. <laughs> a little bit boomery. Um, and then earlier, I think we were talking about like like favorite matches and stuff. And one thing that kind of pissed me off was Chris Statlander and Layla put on a banger, and like no one really talked about it. And it was, I think that plot line could have. Pardon? It was the first match, like right off the bat on the bayonet. So I kind of get it, but keep going. I know what I, I think. I know what you're trying to say. I'm not really trying to say anything. I just think that it could have been on the main event. That's that's pretty much it. Especially with that messy tornado thing, which could have been like cut in half and like a bunch of other things that happened. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of understand. I, it could have been on the main card for sure. It could have been it could have been put in there. But uh, what do you move at that point? Do you move the TBS title match to the to the buy in? I had said that they should. Yeah, I think that would have actually been better because he would have gotten maybe more people to buy the event that way too, right? Yeah, I think putting the TBS title, putting Jade Cargill on your free show to try and influence people to yeah. go and buy the pay-per-view, that, come on, the woman's money, you're like, oh, I got to see this. But at the same time, you put her behind the quote-unquote paywall of a pay-per-view, mm -hmm. I got to see this woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so she delivered. She delivered. I mean, um, I timed that match. It was about seven minutes, which is pretty good, I guess, considering. Um and I I don't know what I was expecting from that match. I was just expecting something a little bit more. But I really especially love Jade's performance, especially with all the Karate Kid, like Crane shit. I mean, the Mortal Kombat look was, I mean, no one can ever wear that again. No one can ever wear that cosplay again because, like, she killed it. Like, she, she literally that. killed it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, now that she's working with Danielson closely, you can see that confidence coming out, baby. And, like... Not just um, in the ring, like she did a top rope move for the first time and she didn't like land it perfectly, but it looked good. And she's trying and she's getting in and out of the ring more and she's taking bumps and she's not just jading every single person. She's, you know, she's she's doing something. And um, I was quite happy with that. I mean, we all know what knew what the outcome was going to be there, um, but it was you had fun getting there. And uh, Tay, I almost called her Tainara. Uh, Tay looked incredible. Um, I watch a lot of horror movies and she kind of reminded me of uh, this like Eli Roth movie called Green Inferno, which is like super controversial. It's like about, it's pretty much like Cannibal Holocaust, which is another very controversial movie um, just about uh, like indigenous tribes killing these like white tourists, um, which is a badass movie, by the way. It's like all about white tourism and kind of gentrification and things like that. Um, and she just looked like uh, like an incredible like video game character, and uh, I loved it. And I hate that she uh, got a fake tattoo with her name with Sammy on the vlog. It's <laughs> disgusting, and it almost made me vomit. You sent that to me today, and I said, "Congratulations, you just ruined my week." <laughs> and then I said, "Yay!" <laughs> then you said, "Yay!" Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, go watch Sammy's vlog. I don't oh. normally watch it, but hey, if it's for you, it's for you. Um, yeah, you know what? The match was. Actually, a little bit more than I expected. I thought it would be oh. a Jade Squash. I would have done that. I would have yeah. done Jade Squash. But at the same time, Taikanchi, like, people like her. Tony likes her. Yeah. They, they wanted to at least make it a showcase for her and for Jade. Jade is Jade. Like, this, 
we know what the Jade story is. She is an unstoppable machine who is continuing to get better with every match. And she continues to prove that she busted out a frog splash at one point textbook frog splash, nothing fancy, did it right. And it looked good. And I liked it. And there's it was nothing a, wrong with a frog thing. splash, man. I tried Hell doing no. um, an elbow drop off um, off the apron the other night onto a crash pad. It was super fucking fun. Yeah. So when you get to hurt. Do that, it looks. Yeah, exactly. Well, when you do it on a human, it's different. It hurts more. Anyway, I, I, I enjoyed the match. I didn't expect it to go as long as it did. Um, and again, that plays into how long the pay-per-view is for better or for worse. But um, I think one thing that this show brought a lot of commentary on was uh could you have moved the matches around could you have paced it differently because we had the dog collar match which was high drama a lot of blood and then not two matches later we have mox and danielson and then there's more blood and it's almost diminishing returns in my opinion because yeah to me maybe this is the old school in me and i don't go that old school in wrestling but to me when you use blood as a device to tell a story it should not be repeated in multiple matches on your card. And they did that here. But you could have split it up, had the matches further apart in the night to get that story over. What do you it's, think? It's funny you mentioned that. I placed a bet um, with my man saying blood or no blood for the Moxley-Danielson match before it started. I said no blood because to your point, I thought after the dog collar match, which are so stupid and so dangerous, and I'll get into that after, um, I thought that they wouldn't. And I thought it would be more of kind of like an ROH tribute, kind of like hamburger slapping hamburger type match. And and it was for a bit until it wasn't. And and I and I think that you're right. It does cheapen it. I think that if you're gonna blade or you're or you're gonna like do like a blood spot, only do it once in an event. And if you're gonna do it twice, make it so it's like an accident. Like so, like if you like hit your head on a turnbuckle or something and you like actually bleed, you you can't you can't do anything. That's real blood. But I think that you know, like Tony Khan kind of loves to announce announcements and surprise surprises. He's also kind of, um, I think relying on like shock a little bit much and it's not, it's not delivering, um, as much as like other promotions do at the same time. I think this revolution was really cool because it gave you the dog collar match was kind of like an introduction to a death match for a lot of people. And I actually wanted to ask your opinion. If you think that a dog collar match is a death match, or if you think it's kind of like adjacent to a death match, I think it's adjacent. Okay. I don't think it's a death match. I also think that the way the death that, sorry, the way that the dog collar match has evolved, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that the dog collar match has evolved. It's now using a lot more, hardcore elements and if you go back and you watch the first 20 years of dog collar matches let's say you see that it was all about the dog collar the match was about brutalizing your opponent with the with the chain attached to the collar it wasn't about chairs it wasn't about tables it wasn't about anything other no than frills that. no frills just using that collar and that's what they did in this match and i applaud both of them both MJF and CM Punk for doing that. I wanted to see less big moves to, mm. to tell the story. I didn't want to see top rope stuff. I wanted to see, uh, they, they did a lot of Piper and Valentine. If you've, yep. if you've ever seen the dog collar match between Piper and Valentine, they took a lot of those spots. They took a lot of Raven and uh, CM Punk's match from, from ring of honor. It took a lot of influence from that. A the AFI entrance from the, the AFI entrance, which everyone has now been talking to death. <laughs> 
if you if you know you know but if you don't you should have anyway it doesn't matter punk cleared that up he doesn't care the point was the match itself to me was really well done it wasn't mm-hmm. perfect but it was really well done and by the end of it i saw the emotion on both men and i saw the emotion coming from my own my own feelings my own internals where i was like this is different this is a this was a well worked match and they did it the right way in my opinion and going back to more blood and more guts i mean verbatim um in some of the promos between moxley and brian he said that he wanted to bleed with him before he joined his faction right so i mean i guess he kind of had to do some kind of spot there so and yeah with danielson and mox because they had regal coming they kind of that was the big moment and that and listen the crowd lit up for that so I understand, like they needed to, they needed to have it later for that because they knew that Regal. They, I don't know if they knew Regal would be that huge of a pop, but the match itself was so intense yeah. that it made sense to be later in the night. It was a big draw of a match. I don't know. I honestly, you know what I could have done, I could if I was if it was up to me, I would have put Mox and Danielson on first, mm. kept the dog collar match where it was, and put Eddie and Jericho later in the card. And I think that would have had the same effect because Jericho, again, is that that big draw. They didn't expect Regal to get a huge pop, and it, and I know that people loved it, and so did I. I just don't think it was expected. But having Regal come out early, maybe in the first match, I think people would have been excited there, and the excitement still would have carried over through the rest of the night with everything else that happened. That's and the change I would have made. So the time where Regal came out too, I was talking about it, it kind of gave everyone like backstage and going into the main event a lot of time to kind of like get a lot of moving parts going on. There's probably a million people screaming backstage to get into places or whatever. And it kind of um, readjusted focus for like the last little part of the show. But I think at that point of the night, people's folk, people were drunk, people were hot, like full of food, full of blood, full of excitement. And everyone yeah. was just like... And now we have the main event. Oh my fucking God. Like we still have so much shit to go through and not that it was bad. I wasn't like, Oh no. Like how dare we watch more wrestling? It was just after Regal came out. I, I personally, and this is just me. Um, so don't attack Joel or anyone. Um, no, no attack me. Go for it. I'll just mute it anyway. I was, I was, I was a little bored. I was a little, I was a little sleepy and bored. I didn't think that they were bad matches at all. I mean, Adam versus Adam was incredible. I love that he wore um, like the trans rights outfit coming out, like representing Texas and representing like all this bullshit that's happening there. Um, And it was what it was. The thing about that match is the main event is we all knew what was going to happen. I didn't think that that needed to be the main event of of the, of the night at all. If anything, I probably would have switched Mox and Danielson to the last and then had Regal be like the last thing and had everyone shit their pants at the end of you like, see you on Monday, bitches. <laughs> see you on Wednesday. Or Wednesday, yeah. Could you imagine they did Monday instead? They're like, we'll do it on elevation. Up, 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 up. Yeah, that'd be really weird. <laughs> yeah. Watch the YouTube show. Everyone's there. Uh, no, but I, I hear you. And you know what? Let's. You want to talk about the, uh, the, the Adam Cole match? You want to talk about Adam Cole, Adam Page? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's Dude, talk. Good, good match, man. Just, just fuck. You know what? Okay. Good match. Fun match. Felt bad for them because going on last is a huge undertaking. Oh, of course. Especially, I would be pooping my pants. Yeah. Especially after a four and a half hour show before it yeah. was three and a half, whatever it was at that point. You had an entire show of, of people being raucous and excited. Um, up and down, which was good in terms of mm. telling a wrestling story. One thing I didn't love, the thing was longer than I thought it should have been. The match could have ended about three minutes earlier than it did. We got to a lot of points where there was... Um, interference that didn't necessarily need to be there 
No. The Dark Order coming out, uh, if you watch BTE, it made sense. But unfortunately, not everyone's watching the shoulder Red Dragon, too. I was like, what the hell? Like, Red Dragon coming out to support Adam yeah. Cole because they have the NXT thing and all that. It again, they're trying to they're trying to push the story forward using BTE, but you have to be watching BTE in order to understand fully what they're doing. Um, but as the match itself goes, really good stuff. They did the dead eye through the table. I thought that was great. I thought that should have led to the finish, but they kept doing like they did the New Japan thing, where it's like they get the the big move and then they kick out of the finisher at the last. Like they do the two nine nine and then the finisher and then the two nine nine and then. It, spamming finishers to me gets a little old after a while but for some that's where they want to see their wrestling that's fine but uh, that's where i was i don't know about you with that main event no i don't i don't really have anything else to say about it i i i got what i expected um and not much else i i'm not mad at, at the result at all obviously i think that you know who's going to take it from adam probably punk or mjf by the way you know what we didn't even talk about in that dog collar match it's wardlow Holy shit. Goes oh my god. Okay. Well, so two first things of all, about two yeah. things about Wardlow. Let's let so do you want where do you want to start? You want to start with that damn ladder match first? I don't have much to say about the ladder match other than the ring looked like it was one of the rings from Sonic. And why did it look so wet? And why did it <laughs> look did so it. thick? <laughs> they did it last year. Someone oh else called god. it a Nova ring, by the way. Hilarious. I'm Someone dead. else. I'm done. <laughs> I called it a, a hemorrhoid ring. So okay. <laughs> hemorrhoid pillow, you know. Whatever. You just just climb the ladder, get the ring. The brass ring of so uh wardlow in a match we all knew that was coming baby like we all knew that was coming did i i don't know i think a lot of people were they weren't totally sure what to expect you had cage i think people kind of figured out cage was there to run point and be kind of like the the ring general because he has the experience he was there to to direct traffic Mm -hmm. keith lee i think a lot of people thought keith lee was the guy because this was like his big statement match because they just brought him in and traditionally he was just there to be Godzilla man well yeah exactly well that's what we ended up doing with him uh Orange Cassidy I don't think people were necessarily expecting him but I think people knew that he would put on a great performance and he did he did some really fun shit and we'll talk about it Powerhouse Hobbs the helicopter shit killed me man oh so funny there was some really that's the uh the Bubba Ray Dudley spot as I call it from uh from SummerSlam and from all the other TLC matches Powerhouse Hobbs again, another guy that people were like, "This is his time," but it's not oh, yeah. his. It's not his time in relation to Wardlow. And then Ricky Starks was the only other guy that I think was behind Wardlow as a potential winner. But Wardlow's the guy. So here are my notes about that match. First of all, hot take: Danhausen cursing people. It is cool. It is funny. However, it is going to lose steam and get really gimmicky and really cringy fast. However, he did come in in his ring gear, so that was cool. They're kind of hinting that he's going to, you know, do a match soon. But I want to see that sooner rather than later. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall wall for this um, for a long time for Wardlow. He's so over and everyone loves him and everyone's kind of has like blue balls. Like, when is he going to turn? When is he going to turn? Right. And we finally got it in the other match later in on the night. Um, my only complaint about this is if you have Hobbs in there who makes sense because he's a big meaty boy who likes to climb ladders and destroy people, um, and he looks great doing it. Um, Starks being there is kind of strange in that whole dynamic. And I love FTR. I love everyone involved, but what are they doing with Starks? What are they doing with that belt? And where is this going? Because 
I mean, like there's lots of possibilities, obviously, but like I'm just not like interested in it. And it's weird because like I actually love Ricky Starks, like as a Twitter person, as a person person, as a wrestler. But there's something about how like the mechanics of FTR is moving right now that just pisses me off. Sorry, when you say FTR, do you mean FTW? The FTW. Oh my god, yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah. okay. I just wanted to make sure because I, yeah. I didn't want anyone to be confused. I I, yeah. I thought I knew what you meant. So you mean yeah, team yeah, yeah. Pass. Okay. So yeah. yeah, team test. My uh, bad. No, it's all good. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't correct you if I didn't think people would. No, 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 no. Thank you. So um, where are they going with Team Taz is a good question. I think mm-hmm. I think they're using Hobbs. Sorry, I, I think they're using Starks, Ricky Starks, really well when it comes to commentary on places okay. like Rampage, where he can be kind of that cocky heel type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if he's able to wrestle more and able to go, I want to see more of him. But I don't know if I don't know what that status is like, and I know that when Wardlow power bombed Ricky Starks on his neck, I was like, "Oh, like we all collectively just..." Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, "He's dead! He's dead!" Yeah, like that is not good for your old neck. But no. in the replays, you can see he kind of got his hands up, yeah, and he kind of braced his 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 hands from his neck, and I think that helped with the fall. It turns out he's fine. People are saying he's fine, whatever that means, but um. I don't know what's going on with Starks. I don't know in terms of his, whether he's okay, whether he can compete, whether he can go weekly or monthly. It could just be know. an injury thing, right? Yeah. So, And it was for a little while. Yeah. Like there was the neck injury. So we don't, I don't know exactly where we're at, but him and Hobbs being in the match together, it worked. But I think there is, I think the plans really become what's, what's going to happen with Hook. <laughs> well, that's it, like, another question, right? It's like, well, that's my other question, right? Is like, so Hook is undefeatable and he's hot and he's like super over. Like, what what are they going to do with that? Like, they're, are they going to just throw him into Taz's stable? I don't think so. I think that there's a lot more going on under the surface there where he might even turn on his dad or something. Like, you don't, I don't know. What's interesting to me about Hook is you just had him run through all of his trainers and all of his, all the mm-hmm. students that he trained with. And so the the student has beaten the master. He mm-hmm. beat QT at the buy-in. Now, where do you go with 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 Hook? Do you? I would put him in a tag team with Team Taz. Him and maybe Powerhouse Hobbs would make a great tag team. Or do you put him in the Owen Hart Cup that's coming up and have mm-hmm. him kind of go through a few opponents before finally getting his his big loss to someone huge? I don't know who. Him and Punk would be interesting. Hook? I think Hook and Punk. Yeah. Oh my! I don't even know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting idea. There are a lot. I of think it would just be like a Chicago bar fight, you know? It would just be like a Chicago bar fight with way more suplexes. Yes, and a lot of chips. If mm-hmm. if Hook ever does a hardcore match, I want instead of thumbtacks, strangle I someone with a chip bag. No, I just wanted to pull out like the you know the the velour bag that has all the uh, the thumbtacks in it that they introduce through the hardcore. Oh, match. but it's I a want, chip bag. But it's chips. But it's not even thumbtacks. It's crushed up Doritos. <laughs> he just empties crushed up Doritos. Ooh, popcorn kernels would suck as a death match item suck. too. Lego, yeah. man. Lego has been. For oh, years. Lego's way worse than tax. Way, yeah. way worse than tax. We'll do Hook versus Orange Cassidy. I'm sure of it. They'll do Hook versus yeah. Danhausen at one point. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Just to get the meme stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Hook versus Sting would be hilarious. But either way, ass I'm boys. interested in seeing. Yeah, they'll do the ass boys for sure. But I, I'm interested in seeing now that Hook has basically passed his first big test as a wrestler and getting through all of those opponents that trained him, I want to know what they're going to do with him next. And that's, that's where my big question is, but going back to Wardlow. So Wardlow wins the giant ring. 
And then he uses another, but much smaller, giant ring to influence that dog collar match. What do we think about that Wardlow turn? Was it was it good for you? Did it feel good to you? Oh yeah, I splooshed everywhere. Like it was it was amazing. <laughs> like the the just the simple use of the word oops is all you need sometimes to deliver months and months and months and months and months and months of storytelling. And he is so good at acting. Like that dude, I hope has an agent in CAA or whatever it is. Not CAA, the one. Going for all the big actors because he belongs on screen. Um, I could see him in action films, all that stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Just having that that whole moment where he's looking for the ring and then he can't find the ring, and all of a sudden, and it's just wordless the whole time. It was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, really enjoyed it. That was his night. This was Wardlow's best. Is he probably probably his best night? Yeah, he. That's it. We're gonna start, I guess, the MJF versus Wardlow feud, whatever that looks like. His new gear is very like facey, I guess. Like whatever that means. <laughs> whatever that means. Like yeah, like he, he doesn't look like an evil uh, gym rat anymore. Now he looks like a nice gym rat, like the guys that I train with. Yeah, uh, you know. Oh god, damn. We're, we'll go a little bit over today if you don't mind, because we got to talk about Impact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have too much to say about Impact anyway, because I got rudely interrupted by the buy-in because I don't watch Impact live. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Let you want to talk about the uh, the six man? Do you have anything to add about the six man tag? The tornado. The tag? tornado. Um, yeah. Just yes, I have two things. Um, Sammy Guevara. I know you will never watch this, but baby boy, please think about the longevity of your health and your body and your family and your safety. You are talented, but some of these spots you're doing are so dangerous and like i feel like i'm gonna watch someone die on tv sometimes when i watch him do those spots um i think that you know doing crazy flippy shit's cool jumping off of things is really cool but when you do it all the time it gets very played out and i'm starting to actually memorize exactly what sammy's about to do um in and out of the ring with like this and like i'm crazy and like it's just so cringy and and he has so and he has so much talent so i just hope that he kind of stops thinking only about himself and starts thinking about like the long term and like the bigger picture because he's obviously talented like yes i'm shitting on him but there's there's like a lot of things going on there um other than that it was a tornado match it was a mess there were so many things going on um i mean holy shit sting and the cinematic the cinematic was fucking awesome uh, yeah, I'm Darby Allen, and this is Jackass. <laughs> well, he got a new TV deal, I believe. Uh, well, I think he's he going to be working on a show. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be working on a show. Take so, that, Cody. Uh, that was a Fightful Select exclusive. Um, hey, hey, hey. There you go. So, yeah, if you uh, if you go back and watch that match, it was all over the place. The big moment was absolutely Sting going through the table. Those kids the, uh, are going to talk about that for the rest of their lives. I yeah, love that exactly. mother and father so much. Oh, my goodness. And he was so careful with the kids. He was like, get out of the way, Mono. I have to go deal with this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, either way, okay. The uh, the match itself, really good stuff. Sting going through a table, fun. I loved it. it was, or Sting, you know, crashing through that table. He's fine. He's enjoying himself. Sting is 62. Good it's also him. super funny that there's a guy who's been trolling in the comments the entire time, but he still is watching the show the entire time. So, yeah. Really weird. So, here he's, he's also, also coming in here being yeah. like, now women's wrestling doesn't need more than three matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's. Why don't you come to my gym? Yeah, come exactly. to my gym. We'll talk. Let me tell you a little bit about women's wrestling. It's great. It's when any and gender doesn't matter in wrestling as long as you got a damn story. So deal with that. Leave Anyways, if you got a uh, impact. Let's talk about impact. There's nothing on the tag title match that I think we need to really talk about because hey, we know who won. There wasn't a there was there was a story that we all knew was coming. That's it. Really excited. Jurassic Express continue to be a tag team title holders. Good for me. Let's talk about Impact. 
the big matches and the big moments. First of all, what what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, you want to start with PCO and Jonah? Holy shit! Um, I was going to end with that, but we can. And I think oh, we, actually, we, we go wherever to, you want. I think they had to call that match early because PCO got like a popcorn on his head. Like he got dropped so bad, and I'm pretty sure that Jonah was like, "All right, let's just like end this right away" because it was super brutal. Yeah, and you know what? I thought that match was just right, perfect for both men. It was a sprint. And it was like, it was only about like, it was a 10 to 12 minute match. It got over both guys. Jonah was always like, to me, Jonah was always going to win because he's been on this tear in impact wrestling. But what I, and I'll get to where I think Jonah goes in the not so distant future with impact, but him, my God, power tombstoning and power bombing PCO on the ring steps and then off the ring steps to the floor. PCO is is inhuman. We know this. It was just a big, big Haas fight that did so well and was so much fun. Really enjoyed it. My my boyfriend loves PCO for some reason. I personally like it can go either way for me, but I absolutely love Jonah so much. So I thought this match was awesome. I thought that it might have gone a little bit longer because I think that at near the end, he literally like took a bump on the side of the stairs and uh, they were like, okay, we need to like end this immediately. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we tried to kill each other long enough. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I mean, other standouts from that event was obviously Tasha taking the belt uh, yes, from Mickey. Mickey doesn't need the belt; like she, she's she's a legend, and I think that she kind of recognizes that, and it's it's awesome that uh, Tasha has it now. Yeah, very big fan of seeing Tasha Steele's walk out with that Knockouts Championship. I think you hit it on the head. Mickey James is a legend in her own right. She's a great wrestler. She's got a great talent, and it's time for Tasha Steele's to move forward and bring that Knockouts division into whatever the next story is. I don't know what it is, though. We're going to find out soon enough. Um, but yeah, good match. I, the Chelsea Green stuff, that was kind of... She was lingering on the outside for a long time because medical was checking on, on her. That took away from the match for me because I kept thinking that that uh, Chelsea's going to come back and get involved in the match. Luckily, it wasn't that, but Savannah Evans still did. Still, match was it was good enough for me. Impact is so frustrating to me because they have so much going on that's right, but so many things going on that are wrong, like the audio, like the way that it's shot, like the pacing of the show, the music, like there's so many things that make it so hard for people to watch. And it sucks because Impact is one of the only products where you can take your whole family and go ringside and actually be able to afford it if you're not like super rich. Like it's a very accessible product um and it's really fun like you get to see all different types of wrestlers some who have been in huge promotions do their damn thing um and going back to chelsea um i this new character that she's brought out is kind of weird and i i would love to see her gcw character kind of come to impact i think that would also be awesome um but anything that the women in impact do is like amazing i think that they have one of the best divisions outside of like what's going on in japan um and lady frost is going to be at greek town wrestling soon so i'm going to get to see her in action in toronto which will be amazing her opening match for impact was insane i forget the other uh, wrestler's name uh but she is being trained by uh i don't know here somewhere but lance storm she's being trained oh, by wonderful. lance storm so yeah. she's green she's new but uh she's pretty fucking good um for someone who like is just getting in the ring now then we had jay white taking on alex shelley and then i had to watch the buy-in so you can talk about this one i don't even want to talk about it because at this point i just want people to go and watch the match okay. because it is really friggin' good 
and it's well worth your time. Like I, I there, this isn't the place where we go like move by move and talk about what, well, no, there's just really good match, really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. The right guy won, in my opinion, it was, and the story will continue on impact this week and into the future. So I'm happy to have seen Jay White and Alex Shelley have a match. I and love how he does promos like this <laughs> all the time. Knife, knife perverts. He's a knife perverts. Anyway, that was the wrong, <clears throat> the wrong thing. Yeah, um, I was like, is he from Ireland? He's not from Ireland. He is from New Zealand, and I usually oh. have a New Zealand thing. Shelly and White was probably match of the night for me. Um, oh. I do want to point out. Thank the Lord, the Good Brothers are no longer tag champions. But it's even worse now. No, it's great. Violet by Design were great tag champions. They're so annoying. Eric Young is so good. Do I I'll love Violet by Design's promos? I don't love their promos. Their promos Especially, make me want to vomit. My favorite thing was when we were doing the Twitch watch-alongs, when Impact was on Twitch, we could co-stream it and we could do like show the show live. Um, they would do these promos, Violent by Design would, where Eric Young is talking and then the camera would do a close-up shot of him repeating whatever the word is. It would be like, we are violent. And then it would go like, violent and it would just be the dumbest hokiest shit and so violent by design were a little hokey but as wrestlers joe doring is so good and so is eric young and impact is a little hokey and there's nothing wrong with being a little hokey so yeah and this is and i'm seeing in the chat i do think this is eric young's best character work this is really good um and then finally moose retains his title doesn't matter he beat heath but the big news was josh alexander is back in impact wrestling by the way, I've been telling you people for a month that it's a work. Anyway, <laughs> I spent a solid month trying to explain it. Uh, but either way, Josh Alexander's back, signs a new talent contract with Impact, and it comes with the caveat that him and Moose will main event Rebellion in April. Love it. Excited for it. So wait, didn't Josh like just leave and now he's coming back? I confuse. The story was Josh Alexander was becoming erratic and he was getting too violent. And so Scott Demore sent him home and said, get over your shit, get better, and then you can come back. Oh, so it's and like then, a work plot. Kind of, yeah. And yeah. then so, and, and he, listen, he had to cancel a couple of dates and people were getting were like, it can't be a work if he's canceling these shows. Well, it can be because he's canceling for shows where he wasn't like the big draw. And he's also canceling shows where guess what? He can come back any other time for a show. Mm-hmm. So I just think they were trying to do like, pay me less now or do something later. I'll make it up to you. Blah, 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 blah. This is what we're doing. And I think the people he was working with were pretty understanding about it for the sake of kayfabe and telling a pretty good story that I think did a good job. It just you can't fool me, Josh Alexander. You can't fool me. Yeah, it was it was it was an amazing week of wrestling. Like this show is not here to be like a concise news show, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to just kind of talk our talk, drink some drinks, and go back yes. and forth. Like we're kind of drunk at a bar, even though I'm not drunk right now. Um, and Revolution, like my overall rating on like a F to an A plus, I would probably give it an A minus. I yeah. think it was a little bit too long. I think that some of the cars needed to be moved around, but it was an incredible night for wrestling fans um, and for the future of wrestling too, like with Regal coming in, blah, 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 blah. Um, Impact continues to be impact and kind of give me blue balls because it's like so close to being amazing, but it isn't. Um, There's a ton of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, all over the world, man, but especially North America with GCW, AEW, WWE, everything. Um, I'm trading with Superkicked. It's crazy. I'll talk more about that in the next week. Um, no, we didn't talk about it. I feel bad. I'm sorry. No, we got time next week. You can't give them everything in one week. 
But I want to give them everything. I want to give them everything because they give us. You can something. see my you can see my guns when I do that. Hell Thanks yeah, Chris Chris Outlander. Get some thumbs up for them guns. That's what you should do. Toss a thumbs up. Maybe get the comment. Well, women don't belong in wrestling. Remember, Joel? Yeah, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that that human being who's like, ah, eh, women's wrestling. Uh, buddy, women's wrestling is amazing when you give it the shot that it deserves. Um, by the way, sorry, I said I'd come back to this. Jonah versus Josh Alexander for the Impact title after Josh Alexander wins I that, see that title. That's where we're going. I want to see that. That's where we're going. And it's going to be after Rebellion. And it's going to be a wonderful affair. So get ready for that. I um, just want him to change yeah. the gear. I don't like what he wears. It makes me not like him. And I guess that's why he wears it to make you not like him. But I'm like, oh. Eh. It's all in the, the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Let's get the hell out of here. It's last call. We're, we're going home. Uh, they, Lily, tell them where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lily Z. You can find me on my website, Strange Comforts. You can find me doing Fightful Over Book stuff. And uh, hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk about wrestling or cool stuff. Oh, yeah. She's pretty cool. You should go follow her. It's Fightful Overbooked. YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Fightful Select gets you all the news, but they don't awkward pay me dancing. to do that. So just go do the thing. Yeah, exactly. Just awkward dancing. I'm at Joel Pearl. J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Stay cool. Content every day. See you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 